What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the currently unnamed podcast, the JLF Podcast. I am your host, Josh Levine. I am joined here by my longtime friend and co-host, Travis Hatch. And today, we have a very special guest for you, a longtime friend of mine. We live together. This man actually taught me how to bench press, the vegan strongman, Tony Mateen. Tony, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, thank you so much for having me. We are, thank you for coming on. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be awesome. And I think we're going to have a lot of valuable information for you guys inside. You're going to learn a lot about Tony, a lot about how to go into a plant-based lifestyle, what it's like competing as a strongman and a power lifter in a plant-based fashion when that's kind of weird for a lot of people. Yeah, it, <laughs> it doesn't feel weird to me, obviously, but no, you're definitely right. I mean, I get Every question you could possibly think of, I've probably already heard it. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. So um, before we get into it, how have you been, man? How's your how's your week been? How's business? Because you're a coach as well. I think it's important for people to know that. Yeah. How's things going to be going? Um, I mean, all things considered, it's been going really well. I, I do personal training. Uh, I'm starting to branch out into online stuff. We can get a little plug, plug, plug later on. <laughs> um, I'm also the head coach at a, a studio, an F45 studio in uh, Boulder. And that's been really good, actually. Um, not only has that been very good for me, but in the uh, current situation, it's also been excellent. Um, we have all been able to keep our jobs, keep most of our members, and keep the studio, for the most part, uh, fully functioning through quarantines and mask mandates and all the stuff currently happening right now. Uh, my week's been good. No, uh, no PRs of note this week, but, um, yeah, I have, we pulled 600 pounds last week. I did pull a 600 pound deadlift <laughs> two weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. Last week, two weeks ago. That was huge. And it looked clean. Yeah. It felt good. That was probably the uh, best my deadlift has ever felt in my whole life. Um, uh, I think I'm just, I'm getting really locked in. Not that they've ever felt bad or anything, but you know the feeling I'm talking about. Where you're just like everything is just it's smooth. It's just right there, and you feel good. It, it came up really fast. Um, a lot of my strongman stuff has been getting better. I'm still not very good at farmer carries. Uh, don't judge me, <laughs> but uh, those are getting better too. And yeah, it's been really good. Training's good. Life's pretty good. That's awesome, man. And I think what is kind of fascinating about you is like not only are you a strongman powerlifter but yo know, i've seen you move uh, not so much a powerlifter not so much power <laughs> well you were a powerlifter yeah ex powerlifter ex powerlifter <laughs> got too easy and too light went to strong that's, that's right <laughs> so, it was too easy this, yeah but um but yo like you can move like i know you taught uh orange theory for a little while you did f45 yeah. um most people at your size do not move very well uh yeah all right um uh, first of all, thanks for the compliment. But uh, yeah, um, you know, like especially coaching at F45, like we have to demo everything. Uh, so that includes like box jumps, things of that nature. And I think um, strongman in itself is there's a lot more movement than I think people realize. Uh, you do have to be a lot more athletic than maybe let's say um, – like a heavy, super heavyweight, I don't, can't even remember what the powerlifting weight classes are anymore, but let's say you're over like about my size. You're like 230, 240, somewhere in there, or even higher uh, in powerlifting. You don't have to be able to move. Where even in a heavyweight and super heavyweight strongman, you still have moving events, you still have carries, 
you still have like stone over bar. Like you have to be mobile. You have to be athletic. You have to be able to move. And you do a pretty good job of it. So that's cool. Cause I don't move that well, <laughs> but I also don't <laughs> practice it. Right. Yeah. But, and I think that's the key, man. Like you just gotta, and you probably, I mean, I'm sure you move better than you think. It's one of those things. Like if you don't do it, you lose it. Yeah. Um, but as yep. soon as you get back into it, it's pretty easy. I move well enough to snowboard and that's what makes me happy. I'm that's good. all that matters. Yeah. So let's get into it. I want to learn a little bit more about you and your like, um, moving into a plant-based lifestyle. So sure. how long have you been vegan for and what was the moment that you decided to switch? What, what caused that? So, uh, time is all a blur to me. It's a flat keep, circle. Keep that in mind. <laughs> um, but that being said, if I remember correctly, I went full vegan, what will be six years in January. Um, before that for about a year, year and a half, something like that, maybe a little longer. Um, if you include like light flexibility, I was uh, vegetarian slash mostly vegetarian, maybe like a little bit of fish or like, you know, something non vegetarian here and there for probably like a year and a half before that. I okay. Remember the rest of the question. <laughs> <laughs> so you, um, did you say you went fully vegan this January or uh, in January, six years, six ago. years. Okay. Yeah. So okay. it'll be six years in January. Maybe, wow. maybe seven, but I feel like six sounds so more, long. Yeah, more a long right. time. Yeah. When did you start? Uh, when did you start training? So I've been what I would consider like seriously training for probably about seven, maybe closer to eight years. Um, the, transition from sort of casual gym bro to like serious training into athlete um, is kind of a bumpy road for anyone who has been down. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, so there was like sort of this bizarre transition between like just kind of going to the gym versus going to the gym with purpose and with intent. So with purpose and intent, I would say seven, eight years on the long side. It's how long I've been training, like really, really seriously. Okay, so that. you, so you were meat based when you started training. Yeah. So well, I was mostly vegetarian during okay. that what I would call like that transition period. But yeah, yeah. when I started lifting initially, um, and this actually kind of transitions into what originally made me go more onto the vegetarian stuff. When I first started, kind of starting down that road of like I want to be more serious in the gym. I actually want to get strong. I want to get big. Um, and not just like be here because I think it's what I'm supposed to be doing, but I want to be here because it's what I want to be doing. Um, so I started out, yeah, like pretty much, I don't want to call it like a standard American diet, but for, I mean, for the most part, that's what it was. It was meat, milk, cheese, um, you know, just normal, what, basically eating whatever I wanted. Yeah. Um, what actually sort of pushed me more down the vegetarian road is I was actually working out a lot with my roommate at the time and we would go to Wendy's like every night after the gym <laughs> um, and get, you know, just like, I can't even remember what's on their menu anymore, but like, you know, like double cheeseburgers and shit like that. Just shit that like you just know is not good for you. Like you can feel yeah. it when you eat it. Like, you know, it's bad. Um, and I was like, how, am I going to stop doing this? And to sort of like, just give myself that, like you can't go to fucking Wendy's anymore. Um, I was like, I'll just try being like 
what I think started out as like a mostly vegetarian, um, mm. more strictly like no fast food at all. Um, stuff like Chipotle, things like that, that are a little better, um, kind of not included in that no fast food. So, okay. So it was, it was, mo it was more so for, for, for performance, but mostly so you stop shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was just like, dude, this is, I'm taking like one step forward in the gym and then like four steps backwards with this fucking Wendy's. And, you know, I was 25, 26, something like that. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have any discipline um, outside of all or nothing, basically. Like yeah. I can't just be like, Oh, you can't have Wendy's anymore. Yeah. Um, it had to be, it had to be more extreme than that. I think, and this is kind of an important note because so many people who want to get results or want to get better and, they don't realize how important that part is. Right. Yeah. It's most of it. Yeah. Even if you're trying to get big and this is very important guy, who's going to come into either Josh and I and say, I eat all the time. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Um, <laughs> you're not eating that. But much. more importantly, not even, not even just that. It's not, not that you're not eating enough. You're not, you're not eating well enough. You're not eating well enough. Even if you're trying to get big, even phrases like dirty bulk. Um, like if you're dirty bulking, you're not just eating pizza and cheesecake and bullshit all the time. You're being more flexible with your macros than normal. Well, and what is what is dirty bulking? So, I mean, I I guess maybe maybe we have two different takes, or maybe you're sort of on the same page here. I would cons I would consider a dirty bulk is I'm going to put on mass, be it fat or muscle, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean you can just sit around and eat Domino's, eat Wendy's, eat cheesecake. Like it's not just eating bullshit. It's eating maybe there's a couple different ways you could look at it. I would consider it more of stay on your macros, keep them the way they are, but eat in such a big surplus that there is no possible way you're not going to gain weight. And that's a dirty bulk or dirty bulking is eating. Like I, that's anything. what I would consider a dirty okay. bulk. Yeah, it's I just being so far into the surplus that you will put on weight. Okay. Yeah, some of it's going to be fat, mm -hmm. but that's not the point. So it's the, just like fucking sending it, but with still yeah. good food. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's Where, exactly. I think a lot of people think that when I think of the dirty bulk, that that's what they think of is, oh, I'm going to eat like hamburgers and pizza and dirty quote. I'm doing air quotes. Dirty. Because yeah, that's what I food. would think it is. It's just like you can eat anything you want. But here's the thing. Nobody can just eat anything you want. There's right. a point where, like, for me, diabetes for example, exists. diabetes exists, number one. <laughs> but even, like, before you get, that's actually a good thing. Even before you get to a diabetic or pre-diabetic range, if you're consuming food that you're not digesting properly, that is causing stress and inflammation inside your body, your insulin resistance is going up, your nutrient partitioning is going down, that basically means that the food that you're eating, regardless of how clean or dirty it is, is not going to be utilized in a fashion that's conducive to actually growing. So right. if I ate nothing but pizza and burgers, I can't digest dairy or gluten very well. So I, I wouldn't be able to do that. Now, yes, I could eat nothing but gluten-free and dairy-free pizza and gluten-free burger buns and do all right. that shit, but there's still going to be a point where my body is not able to assimilate the food as effectively because I'm literally just unhealthy. Okay. Yeah. Like even if you're trying to put on weight or bulk, your food is still just fuel. Like that's what you mm -hmm. need to treat it as. It's not just put stuff in and get big. You have to metabolize your food. You have to 
absorb the nutrients from it. You have to be able to build muscle. Like you have to be able to do so many things with your food that you can't just be eating dog shit food all the time. Like, sure, you can work that stuff in, especially during some kind of bulking phase. Like you can have a full cheat day. Yeah. If That's you more want. for like mental oh. health of like, Absolutely. there's all these amazing things. I want to have yeah. a good time a yeah. and enjoy doing my the life. Same fucking thing yeah. every single day. Yeah. Well, and actually here's something that I was listening to Phil Viz talk about today, actually, right before I picked you up, he was talking about this. There's also a point in most people's growth phases where if you let food get too high and say you're eating, you know, five, six, 7,000 calories a day, mm-hmm. there's a point in, and every, well, most bodybuilders and powerlifters and strongmen have probably gotten to this point where like, you're looking at your food and you're like, dude, I don't want to eat that. It's like, fuck this. Fuck, <laughs> seriously, fuck. And that's when you this. put your uh, Chipotle burrito bowl in the blender and it's <laughs> so much worse than you think it's going to be. It does not taste good. We've all, we've it's both tried this. Fucking terrible. It's not. But here's Phil's take. And I thought this was very interesting. Like when you go to have a meal, this was his explanation. If I put a half pound of dry chicken breast, plain chicken breast in front of you, mm-hmm. would you eat it? Well, I wouldn't. You wouldn't. But like, <laughs> like, like, okay. raw. like like dry, <laughs> yeah. like so basically something that's not at like doesn't stimulate your appetite. If I put, I know that feeling. The same yeah. meal that you eat six times a day in front of you, are you going to eat it? Yeah, basically. No. I no. <laughs> So Phil's take on this was, what if I put some like juicy, delicious for you? It'd be like a native foods burger. Right. Like, I actually just have native last night. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> but the point is when you put that in front of you, yeah, that dry, gross, un, un, uh, seasoned chicken breast, you're not going to want to eat it. But you put a juicy burger in front of me, I'm going to start salivating. My, bar, my body is going to get ready to start digesting food. So even if you're eating a, a, a significant amount of, quote, clean foods to in your growth phase, if you are not in if you are not preparing your body to do something with those calories, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. Similar to the way where if you just like throw a bunch of dirty shit that doesn't agree with your digestion in your stomach, your, your body's body also will fight you every step of the way. You can't fight the body. Right. You can't do that. So, so what does that, what does that mean then? Like what, what, how I think a really good takeaway from kind of what Josh was just saying is it's not even necessarily like, it doesn't have to be Wendy's or McDonald's. It just needs to not be the same shit you're eating all day long, six days a week. Well, it also needs to be shit that doesn't disagree with you. Cause for example, I can't eat chicken. Chicken's a quote healthy food, right? But it doesn't agree with me. So I think people need to take in consideration what doesn't and does and doesn't agree with them. And I think you did a really great job of this that six, seven years ago when you realized you felt like shit eating Wendy's. Yeah. And then you made yourself go into a, I don't want to say more restricted, but like healthier lifestyle. Yeah, this took Re- like corrective action. Like yeah. this is not working. I have to do something. And else. you realized it felt better. Absolutely. And so did that just kind of continue to progress? And then you were like, okay, well now I'm going to go full vegetarian and then... Yeah, something like that. Um, You know, the the sort of like initial transition is a little hazy. Um, Yeah, it was just kind of like the more you think about those kinds of things, the more you think about your health, you know, vegan, omnivore aside, the more you are health conscious, the more you put work into making sure you're making the right choices for your health. Um, Again, like you were saying with the burger, like if you're going to make a burger, like make a healthy burger. It doesn't have to be 
bad food. Like when you're trying to, add, especially if you're trying to add weight, again, it just has to be different. And mm-hmm. then the more, like the more I eat healthy, the more I eat the same thing all the time. One, the less often I crave, and I, I have very few cravings to begin with. Um, I'm sort of kind of lucky in that way. I'm very easy. It's very easy for me to just be like, this is what I'm doing forever. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just the way I eat. This is the way I work out. This is the way I do stuff. Um, but like, yeah, when you're like all of my, with all my clients, um, they start out with like, you know, their, their nutrition and their macros and their calories. And sometimes depending on the person, it's like every single day they get some kind of like treat. It's not, candy it's not ice cream it's just something that they know they enjoy mm-hmm. um and then as they continue to eat healthier and healthier either one of two things happens or both is they want that like treat less or the treat becomes more healthy mm-hmm. yep it's very much like a snowball effect absolutely yeah it all just kind of like the the more you get into it the more you want out of it the easier it is to take steps in the right direction mm-hmm. I like that. And I, I, I've experienced that happening with myself and a lot of my clients is yeah, that treat becomes less appetizing because we, we understand yeah, that we're fueling our body for performance. It's not going to help you perform. And now granted, like I'm still a big fan of, you know, faster digesting carbs, peri workout. So like I like rice, crispy treats before I work out and in my intra workout, but I also need to be able to digest those foods Personally, I've found myself doing this where if I want a treat, I would, for a long time I was on like a Greek yogurt and protein powder kick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenny Lipton calls it anabolic sludge. And it was this sweetness. Honestly, I felt bad eating it for right. some reason because it tasted so fucking good to me. I was like, <laughs> yeah. there's no way this can't be like bad. Like it felt like dessert, but it's fucking Greek yogurt and protein powder. Now, long story short, I can't have Greek yogurt. It doesn't agree with my stomach, so I stopped eating it. But still, that's kind of the switch that people are going to end up making in their diet when they start working with us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So it, it, it's, uh, it, I think that's super interesting, and it's almost like your perception of reality changes, right? So like, Yeah, I think when that's you're, a really good way to put it. If like Wendy's is your meal, then like a Snickers is your candy. But if like a dry chicken is your meal, then like Wendy's is your candy. You know what I mean? Or maybe even something healthier. Some anabolic sludge is your candy. Yeah, it's like maybe this isn't like the most ideal thing I could be eating right now, but it's like a treat for me, but it's way healthier than what what you would be eating. So you kind of like, yeah, it's like, you know, kid. back in the day, maybe an apple was like a treat for people. Yeah. Um, And now Mm -hmm. obviously we have, it can get, you know, there's like Sour Patch Kids and things that will like blow your taste buds out of the stratosphere. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it makes a lot of, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like your 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 hyper palatability, and that's the issue with a lot of these really delicious foods is that they're hyper palatable. They're just easy to eat a lot of. But yeah, the more you go through that process, the your your palatability like changes, and so that same deliciousness that you would have gotten from the Snickers, for example you'll still get that same amount of satisfaction and satiation or satiety, whatever the word is for something healthier. Yeah. So you're kind of moving yeah, totally. your marker back a little M- bit. Moving. Mark- yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. That's exactly what it is. Like a really good example is, um, part of my daily eating. I know you wanted to talk about that yeah. further down the road, but just sort of an offshoot here. 
I make a smoothie. It's actually two smoothies, um, but every single day, and it's two bananas, um, some like mixed mango, strawberry, blueberry, kind of mixed frozen fruit, and I feel like there's something, a little protein powder, and then almond milk, but I put like a huge, huge, I can't stress this enough, huge, <laughs> like one-third of the jar, uh, speaking of dirty bulking, one-third of the jar of the Justin's hazelnut almond butter, oh, the, yeah. the chocolate one. That shit's good. Dude, if, if you never had that shit, you need <laughs> to try it. But that being said, so putting all that, like, fruit and bananas and protein powder and, like, it's not even, like, the most chocolatey thing you've ever tasted, the hazelnut butter, but putting it all together into a smoothie, it feels to me like the sweetest thing on earth. Like, it feels like I'm just drinking candy. Mm-hmm. But it's... I don't want to say it's the furthest thing in the world from that because there is like chocolate and like cacao and stuff in it, but but it's if fruit I were, and veggies, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just fruit and vegetable and like almond milk and stuff. It's not. It's certainly far from the most unhealthy thing in the world, and it really is just to pump in a ton of calories and a bunch of carbs right after I work out. But if I were back to you know eight years ago or whatever, if I were eating Wendy's every day, that would just be like. A regular smoothie to yeah. me. It wouldn't be like this super like treaty tasting thing. Yeah, you'd probably be like, it feels like I'm spoiling myself. When yeah, I drink it you'd every be like, day. This smoothie again, but now you're like, dude, I get. I'm like, like yes. I'm hyped yeah, for the smoothie. I get so excited, <laughs> yeah. dude. So what would you what would you say to someone who was maybe like not super unhealthy? They are, you know, they're they're somewhat healthy, maybe a little bit unhealthy. They're looking to um, kind of go down that path, like move the marker back and um, start to like make healthier choices. Is it like, uh, well, I guess what would be step one? Like for you, it seems like, uh, and and probably the way I would do it too, is, is to get more like discipline. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm going to eat nothing but super healthy stuff for three weeks and then, and then start to implement other things or like, how, how would you, what would be step one for someone? Well, to I kind think of, that's too restrictive, but I think I know okay. where you're going to go with this. So I want you to take it. Yeah. Okay. So the way that I handle this usually, um, is actually kind of open-ended. I always have my clients like, I think the first big step you can take towards eating more healthy foods is not every single thing you eat, but try as much as you can throughout your full day to only eat foods or eat most of your food as close to the way that it comes. Mm -hmm. So if you're eating fruits and vegetables, eat whole fruits and whole vegetables. If you're eating like potatoes and stuff like that, like you obviously you can cook your food. I'm furthest person from raw. I think it's actually kind of dumb, but, um, (laughs) but like, you know, cook your food, do whatever you want with it, but don't buy as few things as you can from a package. If you're eating meat, um, eat like whole cuts of meat, try to stay away from like ground and stuff like that. Cause you really don't know what you're getting. Even in that, like as good as the grocery store that you're going to is, they really just take like all the leftovers and just throw it into a grinder. And like, that's kind of what you get. So if you're eating meat, eat like whole cuts of meat, like whole steaks, whole chicken breasts, um, just eat whole foods, like the way that they come mm-hmm. and try, you can obviously spice and season stuff with as much, like other vegetables or like herbs and spices as you want. And then the next step further from that is like a little bit of sauces here and there. Um, and then obviously like eat pasta, eat stuff like that.
but try to apply that same principle. If you're buying pastas, try to get like the most whole grain pasta you can. Mm -hmm. Try to get everything as close to a whole food as you can possibly get it while still getting the stuff you know how to and know that you like to eat. And I think a lot, I think a lot of people have questions about what truly is a whole food yeah. or a wholesome food. And so I think about it a, a couple of ways. One, if there's a commercial for it, probably not a whole food. Right. When was the last time you saw a commercial for apples, right? Yeah, you don't have to advertise fruits and vegetables. No, because they've been there forever. So whole foods are as close, like Tony said, as close to the way that they came from the earth. So like French fries, obviously a lot more processed than a potato that you would right. bake, right? Right. Like it's been fried. It's been, there's been shit done to it. Hash brown, same way. So the more processes it has to go through, the less whole it is. And also the less ingredients that it has, the more whole it is. So if you get something that's in a package and there's six ingredients, four of them, you can't pronounce six is pretty low for a packaged food in terms of ingredients, yeah. but we want to be able to pronounce the things that are in our food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree 90% with that, but there are, don't necessarily be afraid of things you can't pronounce. There are like chemical compounds and stuff that are naturally occurring that you won't know what they are. Mm -hmm. But I think as a general rule, that's an excellent place to start. Mm -hmm. And I was actually thinking of that. That's a good point. I was thinking of that recently um, when it comes to supplementation. And I want to ask you about your supplementation. But um, I think a lot of people who are afraid of supplementation forget that everything that's in that supplement, for example, if it's a health supplement, like a lot of Revives products, mm -hmm. everything that's in it came from a food. Right. It was extracted because we can't, it's very difficult to eat enough of those foods to get what we need in the proper amounts. So we farm, we extract it, we put it into a supplement, and then you take the supplement. So for anybody who's afraid of taking supplements because they wanna either be like natural or whatever, right? or they wanna get it all from food, yes, you can probably get it all from food. Yes, that would take an insane amount of planning and like you're making it harder for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. There's certainly nothing wrong with supplementation. Another good thing to think about, too, um, not to be divisive or anything, but um, if you are eating meat, like, you have no fucking clue what kind of supplements those animals are being given. Mm. So, like, there's a pretty good chance you're getting some kind of supplementation down the line from that. Yep. Yeah. That's so, like, point. if you're in control of your supplements. Like I think the main the main takeaway is don't be afraid to supplement. Yeah. It's you're only doing yourself a favor. The biggest thing is not to try to fill like giant holes in your nutrition mm -hmm. with supplementation. That's not what it's for. Yeah, there's supplements. It's to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to supplement what you're already doing. Like maybe you have a few little holes Look in your Look up nutrition. supplement in the dictionary. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Use exactly. it like that. Tell me what yeah. it says. Yeah. <laughs> so, to that point, um, I actually recently switched to, and a lot of my clients do as well. They, we, we use, we utilize vegan protein powder because a lot of people don't agree with whey. So I wanted to right. open this up to you and ask what your, uh, what brand of supplements you like to use, um, what things people should watch out for as, as far as if they're trying to go plant-based, what should they avoid? And then I also wanted to get in while we're on the topic here, every bodybuilder, strongman, performance athlete, you know, has their staple go-to foods. You know, we all have like the 10 or 15 foods we eat most. So I'd like to hear that, but we'll go supplements first. Sure. What brands do you like? Um, 
So for we'll start with protein because, and this is probably going to be like the biggest PR for this company in the whole world. <laughs> like they they don't advertise at all. Really? Um, yeah. So it's this company called True Nutrition. Oh hell yeah! Uh, yeah, good. it is the best. Regardless of if you're trying to get um, vegan proteins or not, mm-hmm. the way that it works is you go to the website, you go to uh, create my custom blend, and they have what feels like hundreds. It's probably like thirty, but like 30 different protein and a handful of carbs as well um, sources. And then you just divide up your protein. So like mine is, I think, 65% pea protein. And then I want to say 30% pumpkin protein, then 5% cranberry protein. And you select, it's custom. And you select those, right. And then um, the protein or the, protein source that you're selecting does not directly affect the flavor if it does so something like the cranberry has a really grassy flavor so it has a recommendation on the website to not go above five percent that's cool otherwise it'll taste kind of grassy um so if you are trying to pick like we if you're just trying to make some weird shit um it'll tell you like kind of what ranges you should be using that protein in um and then you pick your flavor and you buy um, by the pound. So you get to pick like, I want one pound, I want five pounds, I want 10 pounds, whatever. Um, and it just comes in this like green bag. Also, they just implemented a thing where you get to name your protein. No way. Oh yeah. That's sick. Uh, so far I'm only on my second iteration. The first one was just like a, okay, what does it look like? It just said vegan strongman. The new one was to see like if I could get away with something funny. <laughs> so it's a booty growth formula. <laughs> <laughs> And now that now that I feel like they let me do that, I feel like they've opened Pandora's box, and <laughs> I'm just gonna try to get as wild with these protein names as I possibly can. Are they That's actually a great name. That is a great name. Booty yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> trademarked. So here's a question. Right. <laughs> here's a question about that though, because what I run into with a lot of my clients who utilize vegan proteins is they're not getting quality vegan proteins. So if they're making your own, will it notify you if it's not complete? Um, like if it's not a complete protein for those listening. No, I don't think so. It does. What it does do is it has good pairings. Okay. Um, so it basically, uh, it, it kind of has like how to fill in the gaps kind of. So like if you pick the pro the pea protein, it'll have like recommendations of good complementary proteins mm-hmm. to put alongside with that. Like a rice or something. And, right. Know, yeah. Okay. So that's actually the reason, um, I chose the pumpkin and I can't, um, in not very vegan fashion, I did not come here with a pile of research, but, um, (laughs) I tracked down some kind of like amino acid profile versus like the human digestive system. I don't even remember what it was called or what it was about specifically, but it said something to the effect that like the amino acid profile in the pumpkin protein is the, either the most similar or the most digestible for the human body. So like basically you're maximizing the amount of like protein synthesis that you're getting yep. from that protein. That's cool. Yeah. And then I did the cranberry one cause it was weird. Cause it's weird. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh, that sounds weird. <laughs> That's cool. That's really cool. And Anything? I think it's important. So for those listening, it, a lot of vegan protein sources are not complete. And what that means is that they don't have equal amounts of all nine essential amino acids. Right. A really good thing to point out, and I know that you know this, but just for people listening, an incomplete protein does not mean that it's missing an amino acid. Mm-hmm. It just means one of the amino acids is lower 
like substantially lower by comparison to some of the other ones. Yep. So if, if y'all are looking at vegan protein powders or vegan protein sources, and for example, if there's a list of amino acids, or maybe it has a list of the nine essential amino acids on the back of the package, if you see that one is like substantially lower than all of the other ones, that is an incomplete protein. And it doesn't, like Tony said, it doesn't mean that it's like broken. There's just less right. of it. Yeah. And it doesn't even necessarily mean that it's bad. Um, really the only it's just issue. It's not optimal. Sure. Yeah. And really the only issue that you'll run into with something like that is if like your protein powder or whatever protein source you're using is your sole source of protein. Mm -hmm. As long as you're combining other sources of protein to fill in those amino acid gaps throughout your day, um, then your nutrition should be fine. Yeah. Okay. You'll, you'll see no negative side effects from that. That's a good note. That's a good, and that's a really cool, I've, I've heard of true nutrition and uh, you know, in our, um, in my team on team Haley, in our group, we talk a lot about some of their other supplementation, like abolic and things like that. Mm. But, um, that's a really good thing to know about. You can design your own protein. Um, something that I do want to hear more about while we're on the topic of food is your staple go-to food. So like, I have the same 10, 15 foods that I pretty much eat. They digest super yeah. well. I cook them in bulk and then I mix them up in different ways to keep it interesting. So what are your, I remember kind of your go-to uh, foods. a few changes to okay. the, the food plot. Tony, just so y'all are listening, Tony eats out of a mixing bowl that you could fit your, you could honestly fit a small animal in it. It's a, it's on Amazon. It's called a serving dish. It is the biggest bowl I've ever seen. And he eats it with a serving spoon. I don't know if you actually do that. <laughs> no, it's it a looks, regular it's, spoon. <laughs> you're just so small that it looks like a serving right, spoon. Right, yeah. <laughs> it just makes the spoon look so big. Uh, so what are what are your go-to foods, though? Because I think, like, when people think about going vegan or when people who are uneducated about going vegan, they go vegan, they end up eating a lot of processed shit. Yeah, totally. And you don't have to do that. No, not at all. Um, I don't even think, like, as a strongman or as an athlete um, – and I'm using the term athletes sort of more geared towards strength sports. If you're a lighter, smaller athlete, you can absolutely be 100% whole food plant-based. You don't need, you probably need some kind of supplementation, but um, not because you're vegan, just because you're an athlete and because you're a person living in 2020, you, there's certain things you just need to be supplementing, like mm -hmm. certain things that normally come from the soil and the water that are just completely devoid in most foods. Um, but yeah, you don't need to be eating like, um, all these like fake meats and stuff. The only reason that I do as I go through my food, um, the only reason that I do that kind of stuff is most, mostly for calorie content, um, because they do pack a ton of calories into a very small package, which is if I were to say there's one big downfall to a vegan diet, it's that your food is... It can be very calorically dense, but it will also just be very dense food because of it. So to kind of go through my day, um, and I'll finish out the supplementation by with the beginning of the day, I do a um, iodine supplement because I have been recent, recently discovered that most people should be supplementing iodine. Mm -hmm. It's a uh, one of those it's those same things or that usually salt. comes from yeah comes yep. from the water and the soil that's just lacking in pretty much every diet. 
Uh, so if you're not supplementing iodine, it's very cheap. It's important for your thyroid. Also, yeah, great function. for your thyroid. So especially if you're having trouble with like weight gain or weight loss, uh, it could be really helpful for that. The other supplement I take is uh, selenium. And it's just the one thing that on a chronometer was a little shallow in my diet. Um, and obviously I could have, you know, thrown in, I think Brazil nuts or something like that have a almonds lot of selenium. Too. Yeah. yeah. Brazil nuts and almonds. Um, so I could, I obviously could have filled in that gap very easily with food. That's um, a lot of almonds. <laughs> right. But, and it was like, I don't know, it was like eight bucks or something for literally 365 capsules. And it's just mm -hmm. one a day, like literally a year supply so of this cheap. thing cost me $8. So it was like, whatever. Um, and then the last one is, uh, last like nutritional supplement I take is B12. Good. And that's another one that kind of like the iodine, really everyone should be supplementing B12. There's a pretty good chance your diet is lacking mm -hmm. in quality B12. And that's regardless meat, meat. Yeah, and, exactly. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unless you're eating like pounds and pounds and pounds of like really high quality red meats. And even then, you're probably not getting enough B12. Yeah. Yeah. And even when you take it orally, you don't absorb all of it, which is why a lot of people do B12 injections. Yeah. And that's why if you're looking at B12, like oral supplements, that's why most of them are like sky high Yeah, in the, uh, it's like 5,000 micrograms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it's sublingual. Yeah. I think mine's like 5,000. Yeah. Um, so that's the, pretty much the end of my nutritional supplementation. I can get into kind of my workout supplementation too, if you want. Mm -hmm. Um, so then usually this is going to sound really weird. But the night before, um, I have a instant pot. If you don't have an instant pot, you're fucking your life up. <laughs> I was gonna tell you right now. Uh, best thing I've ever bought. Eighty bucks on Amazon. Uh, Amazon should probably pay me for this podcast. By the way, um, we're accepting donations. Yeah, we're accepting donations. Yeah. Sponsor us, please. So, but in the instant pot, I do. Um, depending on the size of the sweet potato, two sweet potatoes. Like if they're about the size of your fist, probably two. Um, if it's a little bigger than that, you could probably get away with one. Also, depending on how much food you want to get out of this, yeah. keep that in mind. Um, so two sweet potatoes, half of a fairly large russet potato, and usually one full head of broccoli, a big like fistful of spinach, and then half of a pack of Beyond Ground. So this is one of the few times that I eat like a vegan meat. And again, it's really just for the calorie content. The half pack is like almost 600 calories yeah. um, and it's almost all protein. So it's just like tons and tons of dense food in what ends up being like, you know, like a three by two section. Yeah, it's, a, it's very calorie dense. Exactly. It's easy, easy to yeah. get a lot of calories. Yeah, so it's really easy just to completely jack up the calorie content of this pot. Um, and then a can of black beans and either a can of garbanzo beans or if uh, Whole Foods doesn't hate me, Great North beans are also very good. And then once you pressure cook it, so it all actually kind of gets like a little more compact, which is really nice, and it makes the potatoes into like a mush. You know how much I like my mush? I, you, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then once it's all cooked, I do like a big, huge scoop of nutritional yeast, uh, which is super packed full of B vitamins, uh, not B12, but all the others. Mm -hmm. And it has like a fairly good amount of protein and a bunch of other stuff that's really, really good for you. And it has kind of this like 
I guess it's kind of a cheesy flavor to it. Um, but again, it's like kind of a lot of calories in what it basically amounts to a handful of dust in my food. Um, and then a little bit of almond powder for essentially the same reasons. Um, and I don't know if you have this question down there later, but one of the only issues I ever ran into with a vegan diet and everyone is a little bit different based on how their diets planned was fat was the hardest part for me. Yeah. Cause every, everybody, I think, uh, most people would say like protein. Right. Uh, yeah. And I never had an issue with protein, um, with or without, um, like protein substitutes, be it protein powder or fake meats. That was never an issue for me. Part of that is being a strength athlete and basically always eating in a surplus unless I'm trying to make weight for a meat. Um, but yeah, the protein was never an issue for me. And it really personally, what I think it comes down to is kind of like you've been saying is just planning. Um, but that's really any diet, but it's more just diversity in your foods. I think a lot of people or a lot of what I've heard is they sort of try to transition towards this vegan diet and they're literally just eating fruits and vegetables, which like, yeah, there's protein in that stuff. I think it's maybe even more common for them to be eating like stuff out of wrappers. Yeah. yeah or, or right. Or that. Yeah. Junk. Yeah. Um, but like eat legumes, like eat potatoes and grains and things like that. Like start adding all that stuff in there and you'll see your protein content go up very mm -hmm. quickly. So I remember when, cause we lived together for those, if I didn't mention that Tony and I lived together, um, we had a total bro house and bros and Meg bros and Meg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Meg. <laughs> right. But, um, like the top foods that I would always see you eat would, yeah, it would be oats, like blueberries. Um, you would always have rice grains and potatoes. And obviously you had your protein powders, your, um, beyond meats, legumes what else did you have in that big breakfast bowl that you would always have so the big breakfast bowl uh that's actually kind of what i was transitioning to is this big like crock pot thing is now my breakfast <laughs> uh, i split it up into oh, three okay. three meals and spread it throughout the day um but yeah in the big oat bowl and i still do oats at the end of the day now but it was originally it was Probably like four bananas. So many bananas. <laughs> so many bananas. <laughs> Man, ate a bushel of bananas yeah, a if, day. If you have a serving bowl and your whole bottom doesn't have like an inch of banana when you mush it up, <laughs> you're not eating enough bananas. Um, so this is what it used to be, and it has changed. Uh, but it used to be when we lived together, it was like a huge handful of bananas, probably like three or four. Um, two cups of whole rolled oats cooked. So two cups dry yeah then like, then cooked yeah. yeah which ends up being like almost four, four cups. cups of oats um and then either one or two cups of blueberries i can't remember how mm -hmm. much blueberries it was and then that's something else in there. that may or may not have had um coconut shavings as well that's okay. a, that might be a more recent addition okay and how, like how much protein do you get out of that out of that? Yeah, that's not very high protein um, is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I think that one ends up being like 30 or 40 grams. Okay, but still like a decent amount of protein. Right, yeah. Yeah, right? it's a considerable, considerable amount of protein for sure. It's certainly yeah. more than it looks like on the surface. If you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, I just had a bunch of oats and yeah. fruit and bananas and shit. Um, it doesn't sound like there's very much protein in there, but it certainly adds up. So I think people would be surprised if they wanted to switch to a plant-based lifestyle or more plant-based lifestyle that they find that there's actually protein in a lot of 
foods in good in quantities. Almost everything has some of it is certainly negligible, but yeah, I mean, you would be surprised. Like whole grains have tons of protein, yeah, you, more than you would think anyway. You just need to figure out how to put them together. Exactly. Okay. So how did you learn that? So that, I think really, for me anyway, it was kind of just a lot of experimentation and tracking. Um, just putting all your food into either MyFitnessPal or Chronometer or whatever you like to use. And just kind of seeing like where you're ending up at the end of the day. And like I said, like I said, Travis, I never really had an issue with the protein. Sure, it was a little lower than, on some days than others, but it was never to the point where it would have been below what I could have been building muscle off of. Okay. And one of the main things with that too is I think, and I feel like this is going away a little bit, um, but there is a huge misconception, especially it seems significantly worse in the non-athletic community or most people is that you think you need just piles of protein um, to which like, if you're not working out for what? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yes, you, don't you need still need protein, but even as an athlete, you probably don't need as much as you might think. And at the very high end, your body can only efficiently process and utilize for muscle buildings only. Um, like I think it's 2.2 times your body weight in kilograms, which is your weight in pounds in grams. That seems low to me. I, I, I run on a much higher protein diet, which and I, I think you should. Um, I'm not saying that should be like your goal. Like I mm. probably get like 300 grams of protein a day. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I was. At. That's what I was going to ask. Like, right. how, how much so, protein? Yeah, do so it's you right around get? like it's probably like two eighty three hundred, depending on the day. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's where I'm at. And I think before you, another important thing to, to mention here is a lot of the research, and this is where I get into like research versus anecdotal anecdotal evidence. A lot of research will show that um, there's diminishing returns on exceeding protein above whatever whatever it is, like one point two grams per pound of body weight. Diminishing right. Yeah. Returns. Exactly. That's kind of what I'm getting at. So yeah. let's let's think about the diminishing returns. So for a strength athlete or for a bodybuilder, you're still getting return. Right. Exactly. It's just less. Yeah, if you're exactly. a normal human, then yeah, it doesn't matter. But if you're talking to me about, well, you only get, you know, you get 90% up to 1.2. And I'm like, well, I fucking want that 10%. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, do I think a strength athlete should be above their body weight in pounds in grams of protein? Absolutely. Yes. That's how I have all my strength athletes. Um, like, yeah, like you said, like, are there diminishing returns? Almost certainly. But are you still getting something out of it? It's still a return. It's still a return. And that's kind of what I was saying. I think that's it's phrased that way purposefully. It's your body can only efficiently utilize up to your body weight in grams in protein. But it can still kind of like, I guess, like finagle its way through a little bit more than that. And especially yeah. this is also considering like, I think it's really important when we're talking about research. Um, and again, this is more anecdotal and more casual anyway, but when you're looking at research, most of the time, those people are not athletes. Yeah. And no. even when they are, they're not professional athletes. They're not competitive athletes. They're just people that work out. Mm -hmm. It's like if you're trying to be above and beyond everyone else, you, I guess you could, you could consider it taking a risk 
Um, it's not a very high risk, but like, yeah, you want to jack up your protein content. You want to jack up your calories. Like, are you going to add fat? Are you going to add weight? Are you maybe going to get out of breath going up the stairs or whatever? Like, yeah, that, <laughs> sh- that shit might happen. <laughs> but like, if that's what you, you need to do more, if you want to be more, be better than everybody else, yeah. like you have to push yourself a lot more and you have to do this shit that like, yeah, maybe like maybe getting 300 grams of protein, like maybe it's not very good for me. Maybe it's bad for my liver. Maybe it's bad for my heart. That's bullshit. Um, yeah, maybe it's not, <laughs> right? But And I think that's the important part is it's like maybe. And even if it were definitely, if you were like, hey, Tony, this way you're eating is definitely doing something bad for you um, or being a strong man is, I mean, it's obviously not great for me, um, <laughs> is doing something that's going to shorten your lifespan. It's going to do this do whatever you're like, I'll be like, care. I don't give a shit. I don't fucking yeah. care. <laughs> um, I think, you know, you've probably all heard of the, uh, the drug study where they asked a bunch of Olympic athletes if they could take a drug that would guarantee them a gold medal, yep. but they would die in five years. They all took Most it. of them were like, Oh fuck. Yeah. They're like, yeah, no, I'm here to fucking yeah, win. And that, that's like extreme. That's five mm-hmm. years from now. Yeah. We're talking about maybe like, Five years off my maximum lifespan. Yeah, we're talking about just a little bit more protein, making your body work a little bit more harder. If that's yeah, even the exact, case, if that's even the case, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. There's we're, it's probably no more to the that. other end where it's just it does it just doesn't get properly utilized. It either gets stored as fat or you like piss it out or whatever. Yeah, like, and you're drinking plenty of water. That's the other thing. It's like we're doing drink everything your fucking water. For real, drink your fucking water. And we're like, we're doing everything perfectly. And I think part of the reason where you mentioned these are the quote unquote athletes that they have in these studies, they're not professional athletes, they're not professional bodybuilders, not professional strongmen. You know why? Right. Because we're not willing to fucking stop what we're doing to test it in a study. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of being like a bodybuilder or a strongman or a powerlifter or whatever is it is a lot of like hearsay. But it's kind of like, it's sort of this little like microcosm of how like real science works where like you kind of hear stuff and then you kind of apply your own ideas and get your own results. And if like, if what I'm doing is working for me, then I'm going to tell you what I'm doing is working and why. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to take what I just told you and you're going to put your own spin on it to try to make it work for what works for you now on top of how it works for me. Right. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. I feel like I'm kind of talking in a circle here, but it's a lot of anecdotal evidence. Yeah. And it's a lot of just like, it's a lot of just trying things. And when you feel like something's working, just keep doing it. Yep. And maybe try to figure out how you can do it better. Yeah. Everybody reacts differently, but you're not going to know unless you try. So figure it out. And it's also not going to work. Like, you know, you might not be able to eat a high protein diet forever because protein is difficult to digest. It's very expensive energy wise. And if your digestion isn't like, you know, well, yeah. then you might need to pull back just to give your digestion a break. Then you can go back to it. So we, we always have to listen to our bodies um, and we can adjust accordingly. Yeah. Um, I, have, I have a question. Um, speaking of listening to your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Don't kind listen of, to your body. Your body's dumb. Kind of backtracking a little bit. Like when you made the switch to, mm-hmm. to vegan, like what was it like week one and what was it like year one oh, yeah. i guess like yeah. how yeah sure. how did you feel uh so actually on the way over here josh and i were talking about i think you mentioned that you're not eating eggs yeah I, they're I, not like they're not agreeing with your digestion or something yeah. um and when he brought that up i was like dude the first day so i actually and this is incredibly uncommon um i went vegan overnight 
Whoa. It was just one day to the next. Just full vegan. Yeah, I, I actually had like a bunch of whey protein, a bunch of casein protein. I just sold it. Uh, I just got rid of it. I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, like it was, it felt that impactful to me that I was like, there's no, there's no reason or there's no point in me like transitioning into this. This is what I feel like I'm going to do. I'm just going to do it. And for those like who need to understand the, the extent of this, like Tony is vegan down to the shoes, right? Yeah. With one exception. With one exception. Um, yeah. And another huge um, PR moment for uh, barefoot athletics. So I actually bought uh, some barefoot athletics and I didn't, you know, normally I, I do all my research, but I was just like, these shoes are supposed to be fucking awesome. Um, and they looked kind of like a synthetic leather, which I thought they would be. Um, when they showed up, they were real leather. And I was oh, like, shit. Oh, fuck. I was like, and I, I shit you not, I was about to send them back. Um, but I put them on and I trained in them. And I was like, nah, these motherfuckers are staying. <laughs> no um, shit. So that's, that's actually, in, in all honesty, I could be missing maybe one or two other moments in the six years that I have been vegan. That is the only slip up I have ever had. That's wild. Um, um, but, and honestly, um, a lot of, especially for me, um, there's a lot of different reasons that people go vegan, but one of the biggest ones for me, other than truthfully, it really was just for the animals. But the, one of the biggest pushes for me was the environment. Um, and we don't need to get into all the details of environmental impact or anything like that. Um, but the one trade-off that I see with the barefoot athletic shoes is like, yeah, sure. They're made of leather, which honestly, like it does make me feel really bad. I know that sounds stupid, but like, I do feel really bad wearing them, but I will probably wear these shoes for the rest of my life. Yeah. You're only wearing them for a couple hours a week. Yeah. And the, on their website, like on their Instagram, rather they post pictures all the time of the original pair of barefoot athletic Ursa's. And there's like the guy still trains in them. Oh, wow. So like, yeah, I have leather shoes, which isn't very vegan, but at the same time, I will wear these shoes for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. and never replace them. Yep. So like there is that trade off and that's sort of like how I justify it in my head. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean the amount of like waste and damage from having exactly like yeah from buying like a new pair of shoes. And no shit, dude. I was going through fucking shoes like every six months. I think yeah. the animals will like let, you, like, let it let you get a pass. Yeah, for I think them. after <laughs> six years, I, I get one one slip up. You get a yeah. free pass to fuck up one time. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but but going back, yeah, I'm really interested to hear how you felt like week one, right? Yeah, week yeah. one, so, month one. Uh, the egg story. The first day I woke up and I was like, holy fuck, I never have to eat another egg again. <laughs> It was like, shit, you know, it was the best moment of my whole fucking life, dude. I hate eggs. It's like my favorite. Not food. just the really? egg industry yeah. and like, you know, for all the vegan reasons. They're fucking gross. Stop eating them. They taste like shit. It's my favorite food. Really? Yeah. I've gotten egged out. I've I hate to like, break it to you, Travis, but they're fucking gross. I've, I've definitely been egged out before. And I'm like, a disgusting I person. Can't eat oh any more God, eggs. So gross, bro. Okay, so you're hyped that you didn't have to eat eggs. How did right, your body so, feel week one? So week one, um, I think week one was probably when I felt like, and I don't know if this is all placebo, but I've heard a bunch of other people say it too, is you feel like lighter. Mm-hmm. Not not like my body weight wasn't going down or anything. I just felt like not shitty. I didn't feel like bogged down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think really part of that was from being vegetarian and having basically just jacking my fucking dairy intake through the roof. Um, and I'll touch on that later. 
Um, so I know you want to talk about like steps towards being vegan, yep. but so we'll talk about my stance on dairy later. But like, yeah, just from like not having all that in my body, I felt so much better. Like my workouts felt better. I felt like it was so much easier just to get through the day and do shit. Then probably like, I guess year one, I think I, that was probably one of no shit. And I think there's, I'm not attributing this 100% to being vegan. I think it was timing and purpose and mentality a lot too, which being vegan did play into that. But like my mentality had changed. I started working out way, 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 way harder. That was about when I decided that I wanted to try um, some kind of competitive sport. I don't think I had landed on powerlifting just yet. Um, but it was like right about that time. So I started training with a lot more focus and I just felt so much better coming into like the end of that year. Uh, I felt way stronger. My workouts were off the charts good. And like my eating, especially I think the first like four or five, six months, maybe there was definitely a lot of experimentation, a lot of up and down in the diet. Um, there was one point where I was losing weight pretty fast. Um, and that was due to the fat thing where I was just like not getting enough fat in my diet. Um, so once I got that sorted out, I just felt like really good in the gym. And again, I'm not 100% attributing that to being vegan, though. I do think it does make you feel one. It's a pretty standardly a higher carb diet. Um, so having all that extra glycogen, having all those carbohydrates, you have so much energy and it's all just like so easy to digest. So even when you do get really full trying to be a strength athlete, trying to add weight to your body, um, you digest it way easier. It goes through a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how much of that just you personally, not cause like st- if you look at like studies and anecdotal evidence, like you were talking about, they're just all over the place. Mm-hmm. How much of, for you personally, your body, how much of that do you think was the vegan food diet or how much do you think was like mentality? Um, I would say maybe like 60, 40, uh, 60 diet, 40 mentality. Um, but that being said, I think the vegan diet played a lot into the mentality. Um, you know, deciding that was something I wanted to do right as I was really picking up, um, on my training and trying to be training harder, trying to be not for like egotistical reasons, but trying to be better than everybody else. Like trying to pick a sport and be like, I want to be good at this. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but it wasn't, I wanted to, like, I knew without a doubt that I wanted to be and stay vegan. So it almost like motivated so you there to train is, harder yeah, too. Yeah, you know, that comes with a little bit of something to prove. Well, right? yeah, and, I, and there's got to be like a how you do one thing is how you do everything type of aspect to that where sure, yeah. you're like, I'm going to go all in on my diet and it's going to be perfect. So now and I'm all in on I'm training. I'm all in on training. I'm, I'm going to be perfect yeah, in as many places yeah. in my life as I can. Yeah, and then on top of all that, it's... I'm using this non-traditional strength diet. So now I've got something to prove on top of all of that. You know, I'm all in on the diet. I'm all in on the training. And I want to prove that this works and it can be done this way. Yeah, I think think like a big, uh, like for me, a, a big takeaway from this is just that find something that you care about and focus on that. And you 100%. can you can just Absolutely. compare apples and oranges going in circles around this and that and studies and talking about B12 and blah, blah, blah. But like at the end of the day, it's what do you care about? What motivates you and what's going to get you to 
be like your best, you know? Absolutely. If, if, yeah. if vegan is what you care about, like it doesn't even really matter necessarily what the, you know, if it's giving you an advantage, blah, blah, blah. But if it's something that's going to motivate you, you're going to work harder. So therefore it mm-hmm. worked for you. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. If you find, if anybody finds what they're passionate about and actually like goes full bore into it, you're going to be a better person. Yeah. And all the other, the other point of that is that it very much is, I think my other main takeaway of this is that it very much is anybody who's interested in going vegan or vegetarian and is, and is worried about like, you know, like it very much is possible to be a strong man. Like yeah, a very fucking strong yeah, man. And yeah. uh, be vegan. So that, yeah. you know, that's yeah. kind of like the tagline of this. I feel like. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. It's, and it's, it's really not as hard as you might think. It's only hard in the sense that being a strong man on any diet is hard. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be work. Right. No matter what you're eating or how you're eating or what sport you want to do, like strongman aside, if you want to be a bodybuilder, you want to be a powerlifter, um, or I guess the CrossFit's fine too. Yeah, it's not like it's not <laughs> um, like eating eating meat like is going to make it easy for you. Right. Yeah, you no, need to. Hard. You have to plan. You have to know what you're doing. You have to know what you're doing in the gym. You have to know what you're doing in the kitchen, and like there's people like Josh and myself who can help you do that. Mm-hmm. Um. So well, let's let that's actually a perfect segue because I think. Of course, we want every episode to come away with like truly actionable steps. And I think a lot of people might be interested, especially after like this whole game changers thing. I think a lot of people were interested in going plant based, but maybe didn't have the greatest um, the greatest information or uh, resources as to how to do that. So like what if you could give people some top tips for how they can go about switching to a plant based diet or a more plant based diet? What, what does that look like? So if I were to give probably like my biggest tip, mo- the most general, I suppose, if you have any interest at all in even like a semi-vegan diet or a full vegan diet, or even if you kind of like you were saying, Travis, like if you just want to do better, like maybe you're like, man, I really do care about animals or the environment or whatever. You're like, I just wish like I want to do better, like just do better, like mm-hmm don't eat as much animal products. Try to mix in like a vegan meal or a vegan day. Um, Is this where you're going like that top down approach kind of like, you don't have to be a hundred percent. You don't have to be a hundred percent. And there, you know, you'd be hard pressed to find a vegan that if you're like, man, I'm trying, like they're not, they're not going to ridicule you. And if they are, they're probably just an asshole anyway. Um, It has nothing to do with them (laughs) being vegan. So where, Um, where would someone go to, to get information on how to just, take that. So yeah, um, I think there's a lot of different places you can look. Um, I mean, you can start following like vegan athletes on Instagram. There's a bunch of vegan food pages. What are Um, like three vegan athletes to follow? So Tony, you can follow me, uh, (laughs) at Tony Mateen, M E I T I N. Um, feel free to slide into those DMS. Like if you seriously, if you have questions, if you're struggling, don't hesitate to hit me up at all. Um, you know, I'll give you the best advice that I possibly can. And, um, I believe, uh, Tori Washington is also vegan. He does a lot of food posts as well. I'm trying to think of people who do a good mixture of athletics and food, but really like if you just search vegan on Instagram, tons and tons and tons of pages will pop up. There'll be a good mixture of athletes, of workouts, of full on just food pages. Some of them are like 
straight up just like treats and bullshit. Like if you know you want you're trying to make a cookie or whatever, and you want to just do that. Um, but sort of trailing back into like the bigger picture, is just start mixing in, like I was saying earlier, with the whole foods, as many whole foods as you can. And again, like if you're trying to be more vegan, just be more vegan, right? Like eat more grains and more beans and just try to make, even if you're still eating meat every single day at every single meal, just do a smaller piece. And the more you can start to reduce and cut that kind of stuff out, the easier it's going to be to transition. Not everyone, and I would never expect this of anyone, can go vegan overnight like I did. Like that's just not reasonable yeah. to expect of a, of a person. Um, yeah, because like people, you know, people have jobs and you know there's all kinds of things that yeah and that you have all this other shit like weighing down on your thoughts a lot of times they get overwhelmed too exactly by, that, by, that, maybe they go fully vegan for two days and they're like fuck this right <laughs> if, i guess maybe yeah. even an even broader point would be don't put yourself in a position to get overwhelmed yeah um do what you think is manageable as big or as small as it may be and like even if it's eggs or milk or whatever like I maybe you like don't really like eggs or maybe you do maybe you don't really like cheese right something something like just pick something and oh, yeah. just stop eating it. I do vegan cheese yeah because I right? can't do yeah. dairy but I it's it's good y'all it's like if it's you're come a long way it's come a long I way. I will admit it's good. that like six years ago it was I think not it, very six good. years ago was like the most disgusting thing on the planet right? <laughs> yeah but now like there's it's even good. like legit like artisan cheeses and shit that are really? vegan yeah like that you like eat with a cracker I'm no not shit. even kidding. Dude. They're <laughs> so fucking good. So there's no shortage of options right. for anybody who's interested or who wants to try it. Your grocery store probably has a pretty good vegan section. You Almost certainly, honestly, yeah. when I was living with you, you introduced me to a lot of things. And when I was going through my soft food diet phase after my mm -hmm. throat surgery, I ate a lot of vegan food because it was softer and easier for me to, to Yeah, And it's so to easy swallow. to make it into like a mush. It's, right? Yeah. Or like the vegan sausages. Yeah, and like, like you can make it look good. as pretty or as much of like a mushy curry paste as you want. Mm -hmm. And then sort I, of like working backwards from there, if you want to do just like the, the absolute very least that you could possibly do, if I were to give you one tip, not only just for being better, as better to the animal or better to the planet or whatever being more vegan just being better to yourself stop consuming dairy yeah it is so fucking bad for you like it's just wreaking havoc on your system it's so inflammatory and i know like there's going to be a bunch of people listening to this are like oh i love cheese like fine cut out milk lower your cheese as best you can start mixing in those vegan cheeses mm -hmm. That would be like if I had one takeaway from this whole thing, that would be my one recommendation above all else. Yeah, dairy tends to fuck people up pretty good. And, and honestly, so does gluten. So a lot of my athletes, when we encounter any sort of digestive issues, we cut out dairy. If they're consuming dairy and gluten, we cut that out right away and it clears up. Yeah, absolutely. It's so inflammatory. And some people can handle it, but like you're a you're an anomaly. Right, there's a reason that like something like 70% of the human population is lactose intolerant yeah. or something. Yep. And like, I think a really good takeaway, again, this is somewhat anecdotal, but when you're eating dairy or you're consuming dairy stuff with lactose in it, your body makes an enzyme called lactase to digest it. As you stop, it stops making that enzyme, mm -hmm. which it doesn't do with almost anything else. Mm -hmm. Like it's always just 
ready to digest all these other foods, but it's only ready to digest dairy if you're already consuming it regularly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. Uh, kind of like a poison. Like yeah, a poison. that's what your body exactly, does with poison. Exactly yeah, like a poison. Like, like you can take a little bit of cyanide every day and have a little bit more, yeah, and a little bit more, and build like up your immunity. immunity yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Very strange. <laughs> um, I have a couple more questions about food, and then we can maybe move towards yeah. the next. The then next we'll thing. move into our new segment. Yeah, sweet. Um, all right. So just a couple like takeaways, like quick, mm-hmm. quick takeaways. What are um, what are your like? Just a list, like your top three, top five favorite vegan foods. Like, what do you? What's your top favorite? Not or meals, like, most like food. Like uh, both favorite and most important. Okay, I would say I'll kind of do like a little bit of both. I'd say like most one of the most important things to be eating, uh, vegan or not, uh, legumes okay. like beans and stuff like that. Absolutely, you should. be What eating. are a few beans? Uh, black beans, garbanzo beans are probably two of my favorites. And can like a like a ninety nine cent canned thing? Yeah, is that absolutely. Fine to eat yeah, at the grocery store? like if you really want to go above and beyond, buy your beans dry and like soak them and do right. all that. That's a huge that pain in the ass. Yard. Yeah, it's a. Huge, I still I have dry shit, beans dude. at my house that I <laughs> bought like dude, four years has ago. A bag of dry that I've been meaning to do. Sitting in their fucking house. <laughs> yeah. So don't like make, a can, it's not as good, but like a ninety a ninety seven cent can from the grocery store. Whatever you're losing from the can, you are by far making. Just add that into your diet like throw it in your salad like throw yeah, it in throw your, stir your, your, throw your stir fry your stir fry you won't even notice it there and it's yeah. so throw it into you. your gross ass eggs yeah. also beans are fucking yeah. good dude right. like oh i love yeah amazing yeah, yeah. yeah okay so so beans, legumes, beans. beans are kind of both super good for you super good in all your food you can yeah. add them into anything um i think really like i mean fucking bananas are probably one of my favorite things <laughs> and also super good for you um but yeah, I fucking love bananas. All all fruit really just kills it. And as weird as it sounds, I think you talked something about um, like your palate shifting. Mm-hmm. Um, the longer that I've been vegan, the sweeter fruit tastes to mm. me. Like now, it actually kind of tastes like candy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I can't fucking stand candy anymore. It's, it's too just sweet. Disgusting. It makes your stomach. You know, it just tastes shit. awful. Yeah, it makes my stomach yep. feel awful. So for any kind of fruit. Um, and I do fan. And I do frozen fruit, y'all. Like I. I yeah, mean, frozen, if, like fresh, you, like it really. You it eat so much fruit matter. that it, you probably burn through it. But if I buy a pound of blueberries, like half of it is, pro- I'm not going to eat it enough. I'm not going to eat it fast enough. So right, I buy them yeah. frozen. Same thing with the canned legumes. Like make it easy on yourself. Exactly. Don't make it. Yeah, harder. make it easy on yourself. Okay. One more. Um, I would say this is sort of a weird offshoot, but anybody in the Denver area, watercourse foods, anything from watercourse is fucking incredible is that a store is it what it's that? a restaurant so restaurant? it's it's like imagine like a native foods yep but like a fancy restaurant really so fucking good man i have never so anybody, gotten anything from watercourse that i've been disappointed so in. i would like look you know google that and find something like that in your yeah area. like or yeah so yeah if you don't live email. in denver uh google watercourse foods in denver um kind of look at what they have or i guess a Flip side to that is a Thug Kitchen. It's a great vegan website, cookbook. They have several cookbooks, oh, yeah. all very good, all very Thugkitchen.com. Thug Kitchen. Mm-hmm. And they're all super easy. It's not weird ingredients. It's not shit you'll never find in your grocery store. It all takes maybe, I think the longest thing I ever made out of that book was like 40 minutes max. That's okay. awesome. I think that's probably one of the best takeaways. Yeah. Is Thug yeah. Kitchen. Thug like kitchen if you if you're not yeah. sure what to eat and make good vegan meals, 
Thug Kitchen. Yeah, just so a couple good. takeaways. Like, yeah. go to Thug Kitchen and start tossing beans in your food. Yeah, like, yeah, and there's that's so very there's simple. Tons of beans in that. On all the I think that's good for anybody. Yeah, those yeah, are easy um, stuff to follow. What are a couple like important proteins? Beans, beans, beans and rice. Beans, beans and, rice. and rice, really good. Yeah. Really what kind easy. of rice? Um, I think it depends. I, as a strength athlete, definitely gravitate towards white rice, yeah, especially jasmine. as jasmine rice is. Unbelievably so good. good. Especially it's as like a higher weight rice. class too. Yeah. Like where I'm It's good know, to know that that's eating a lot. Like white I rice love is that. way yeah. easier. That's that's like candy to me. I feel Jasmine, like. Jasmine rice, rice oh, is so, yeah, especially so if you cook good. it like if you get yeah. a rice cooker and you cook it just right, oh it's God. so good. Cook yeah. it in that instant pot. That's, yeah, I gotta get an instant pot. <laughs> Dude, you gotta get it. But uh, yeah, so beans and rice. Okay. One more protein. Um really I would say I think Pea protein is definitely super high up there. Or like if you're going on that true nutrition, you're trying to mix in. Even again, if, even if you're using whey, even though I just talk shit on dairy for like a minute straight. But <laughs> if, if you're not convinced and you're still using whey and you're on that true nutrition, throw that pumpkin protein in there. Mm -hmm. um, it makes the texture of your protein very strange. Not in your mouth, like in the bag. It's the lightest, fluffiest thing I have ever touched in my whole life. Huh, nice. uh, so the only downside is it goes fucking everywhere, <laughs> right? Um, it's like it just sticks to the side of the scoop. But um, yeah, try that pumpkin protein out. It doesn't change the flavor or anything, but you know, um, I'll, I'll be the first to say that any research, unless it's like a super legit meta analysis, uh, any research could be totally bunk. So right. this pumpkin amino acid human it's like digestion sick. thing, you had a ten dollar budget and and like interviewed 50 people right and yeah. this is supposed to be good for like yeah. every human being on the planet with different <laughs> yeah. genetics and heritages yeah so this cool. pumpkin protein thing that i stumbled across could be total bullshit but uh six basketball players got boners so <laughs> it's legit <laughs> yeah right uh pumpkin protein will 100 percent give you a boner guaranteed um okay my last question because this word has not been said once in this podcast um and now i can't think of it uh the white, gross, jelly stuff. Tofu? Tofu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so tofu. Um, first of all... You haven't, said, you haven't even said the word tofu. No, I, yeah, no. I haven't. I've uh, heard lots of contradicting great. information. So I'll start there. Uh, speaking of studies being total bullshit, basically every... I'm sort of painting with a broad brush here, but basically every negative thing you've ever heard about tofu is total bullshit. Uh, the biggest one. I, I heard it gives you man boobs. Important, makes you the most important one is the estrogen. So the, the easiest way to debunk that is phytoestrogen is not a man, mammal estrogen. And if you want to take it one step further than that, back to fuck milk, uh, animal hormones are animal hormones. Right. And milk is full of fucking estrogen. So if you're worried about estrogen, pick up some damn tofu. And get rid of your goddamn milk. So also, so the maybe so that you uh, have to eat is insane. A better like tofu. Maybe the amount of it tofu depends that you on have the, to eat. the how pressed it is. Which I actually <laughs> this is gonna sound crazy. This is a recent discovery because I used to think that same thing. I was like, man, like tofu is great. Uh, the biggest thing with tofu to kind of finish out the question is anyone who's like you know that white goo as you called it. Anyone who thinks it's not good, it's just the way you're cooking it. Yeah, no, yeah, I actually, I like, really, to, I, do, yeah, I eat tofu It a lot. really doesn't have its own flavor. It, it tastes, tastes like whatever, whatever, you, whatever you put it in. Yep. Fry, like, uh, the way I, the way I like it, so 
And I think that's what you're saying. Like if you cut tofu into chunks and cook it and eat it like you would chicken, it's gross. Right. But just mash like it into a stir fry and you won't and even notice great. that it's yeah. there. Yeah. Literally, you won't notice. It's yeah. also throw a bunch of tofu and beans into a stir fry and best it's egg with rice. Boom. Uh, I can't remember what all the seasonings are. It's like turmeric and some other shit. It's really easy to find. If you just look up um, tofu scramble, it's really, really easy to make. You basically just crumble it up and put a bunch of seasonings on it and then cook it kind of like you would an egg or a scramble. Super good. Way better than eggs. Eggs are gross. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, What were you saying, Josh? I love that. Um, I was just saying, like, this whole tofu and soy gives you man boobs thing. The amount of soy that you would have to consume... To oh, have yeah, any absolutely. negative side effect like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Is fucking I thought you were insane. talking uh, calorie density. No, 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 no. Not quite. Because yeah, no, yeah, tofu so is pretty dense. Right, yeah. Especially if it's more firm. The more firm it is, the more calories it's going to have. Yeah. Like those tofurkey sausages that I used to have. Bomb. Like, bomb and super calorically dense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I think that's awesome. And that's those are really good takeaways. I'm glad yeah. we did that. Um, we're, run, we're running a little bit short on time here. Uh, I think we're over an hour now. But... I want to do this new segment. I guess I'll just come back. You'll come back. Oh, yeah. for sure. You'll definitely come <laughs> so back. So many more questions. We got a, we have a lot more questions. I'm sure our listeners will have a lot of questions too. So um, if y'all are listening, you have questions, like reach out to us. We want to hear them. We'll cover on a yeah, podcast. Yeah, for sure. If you're listening to this, you have questions, definitely shoot them Josh's way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll try to answer them next time. Yeah. So we're, we're testing out some new segments in this show. And so what we want to do is this is a little bit more of a fun segment. We're going to call it Game of the Week. All right, so this week, Tony, you're our guest. So we have pickums. It's basically like a this or that kind of thing. Okay. So I'm gonna shoot you two things. You got to two things, two people, two whatever. You got to okay. pick one. All right. Okay. Do I have to give a reason, or do you want me? No. Just to pick? This is this is rapid, rapid fire. fire. Okay. All right. We got ten pickums here. All right. Hofthor or Eddie Hall. Eddie Hall. Squat or deadlift. Deadlift. Fashion or function. Function. Blondes or brunettes. Both. <laughs> Video games or Netflix. Video games. <laughs> Pancakes or waffles. Ooh, waffles. Ooh. <laughs> Wilkes or total? <laughs> total. <laughs> knee sleeves or knee wraps? Oh, I don't know. I've never actually worn knee wraps, but I do have like a secret love affair that hasn't fulfilled itself yet with uh, equipped lifting. So I might go with wraps actually. Really? Yeah. That's funny because my next question was raw or equipped. I'm going to say raw now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, raw. Um, I think equipped lifting is cool. I know I wasn't supposed to like answer these, but equipment living is super fucking cool. And I really like the idea of just moving as much weight as possible. Yeah. Uh, but for sure, raw. Okay. Last one, money or freedom? Freedom. That was like the deepest one that I had for you. I like that. <laughs> that I was like cool. your answers. Yeah, those are good. I kind of knew them and I made yours a little bit more powerlifting focused uh, or st- strong Strong person focused. Right. Basically, yeah. I just know who you are, so I did some funny questions for you. Yeah, when I come back, you'll have to give me yeah, weird, I think weirder we should, ones. Yeah, I'll give you weirder ones. I think we should wrap it up and and just get a get a episode number two and talk more about like training because this was all yeah, nutrition, absolutely. which yeah, I think I'd is amazing. Hundred percent. Let's get into like the training on the next one. So. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll definitely have you back, Tony. Before we go, um, this is your uh, chance to plug yourself. So tell people what you got going on, where they can find you. Plug, plug, plug. Uh. So if you're in uh, really anywhere near Boulder um, or you're willing to travel to Boulder. I do one-on-one training uh, pretty much any day of the week. Right now, I don't train on Saturdays, but if for whatever reason this podcast just gets a flood of DMs and you want to train on Saturdays, I'm down. Um, I'm also, like I said, the head coach at F45. If a uh, group training or a little more 
I guess like budget friendly uh, is more your thing and a little more hit as well. It's all hit focused. If you don't know what F45 is, uh, you can find me there. I coach every night. Um, there are also a handful of other coaches there that I definitely recommend. They're all very good or they wouldn't be there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, if you want to, like I said, I'm sort of starting to get this online training thing off the ground. So I'm definitely going to be running some kind of special on some pretty cheap online training. It'll be basically like a groundbreakers. So um, it might be kind of ghetto at first, but we'll kind of figure it out together um, at a cheaper price. And that price will never go away for you if that's something you're interested in. So if you're interested in any of that stuff, just look me up on Instagram. It's probably the easiest way to get in touch with me. It's at Tony, T-O-N-Y, Maitin, M-E-I-T-I-N on Instagram. And uh, just either shoot a follow, shoot a DM, whatever sounds best. And again, if you have any questions about vegan stuff, if you're trying to make a push, even just towards more plant-based, not even full vegan, definitely feel free to shoot me a DM and I'll answer any questions you might have. Awesome. Beautiful. I love it, dude. That's all we got for you guys today. We'll have plenty more coming for you in the future. Um, of course, if you like this episode, please uh, scroll down to the bottom of your page. Give us a five-star rating. Screenshot the episode. Share it on your stories. We want to let you guys are listening. We want to hear from you. Uh, as always, you can find me on Instagram at Josh Levine Fitness. You can find Travis at Travis Hawks Media. If y'all have any questions regarding or related to the pod or not, slide into DMs. We want to talk to you. We want to make a community that... Uh, allows for that. So thank you all for tuning into episode two of the currently unnamed podcast. We will see you guys next week. Thank you. Later.